I hope you enjoyed our spoof episode. Now something a little more serious to get you ready for those dreadful exams coming up. Enjoy. <laughs> Sorry, Melissa. Yeah. Um, so I'm Luciana Groda, your science reporter, and I decided it is time to put an end to all this laughter and happiness. It's time to get serious. She had to be a downer. Yeah. Crank pants. Yeah. Sorry. That's that's what science is all about. It's a crack pants. But you crank, down. I said cranky pants. But life brings you know ups and downs. <laughs> ups and downs. Let's let's get good. to those downs. I'm yeah. gonna talk about Downers. negative yes. life events. Negative. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. Mm. So, Joel and Melissa, what do you do after you fail an exam? Like, do, do you blame yourselves? I'd never fail an exam. Yeah, whatever. Bullshit. If I did, I would. Well, how do you define an exam? Like a te- uh, like a test, or or like like a legit like like you have this amount of time to finish this exam. Put your pens down. Let's okay, fine. Let's let's not <laughs> say fail. <laughs> let's say you do really really bad. Do you usually blame yourselves? Do you blame the professor after? I you blame do myself. Really professor. Yeah, I blame myself. Yeah. No, or, why, or, or, why Melissa, I know that if well, if I did badly, I know that someone probably did well, and if one other person does better than me, then I know I could have just done yeah. better than them. What about yeah, you? Joel? Why do you blame the no, professor? No, I don't really. Like, I, I just so at the end, like if I fail, I'm like, ah, I just didn't really care about this, and I know that I could have done better. I guess I do blame so myself. You do blame but then I'm the like, I did, but I didn't like the prof- like if the professor didn't engage me, that I didn't care, then I didn't do well. Mm. Yeah, I guess it depends. I've been in exams where I was like, you did not teach any of this, but I studied it, so bam, still got an A. All right. Well, what about what about something like a breakup? Yourself? Oh, I blame or the other, other person because I am a lover. I am a romantic, and if anyone, if there's a breakup, it is not Ooh, because I, I broke can up. Can I go them. on a tangent here, or, or is that going to distract? Uh, yeah, distract you know, go, Joel I mean, has some heart. Does it have to do with breakup? I might cry. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, <laughs> Joel. There was this meme, and it was like, um, oh, it had two frames <laughs> trying to describe a meme again, in both things, but it was just describing kind of like the levels of men and women handling after breakup at the beginning like in the first day women are upset guys are like okay second day the guy's like having a beer with his fr- or like after like a week the guy's having a beer with his friends and um, the girl's like having some cake and then after a month wow, this is really the girl's like really excited like really happy because they broke up and the guy's like crying Wow. Do you think that is it? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> okay, well, besides wanna, the like, extreme no, 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 sexism in that, ask, I just want to ask: Do you think that <laughs> it takes true. guys like? Well, I mean, yes, it's generalizing, generalizing, but sometimes guys get more upset about the breakup like no, later I think on. That's true. That's interesting. I I, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? Let me just get back to the science piece. Oh, now she wants to get. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You shut up, and I'm gonna do my thing. All right, all right. No, no, no. Well, you know, I, I just I want I brought up these things because uh, these are um, they're they're two examples of what researchers call uh, negative life events. So obviously, things that really don't make leave you feeling so great. Um, they can make you feel sad or angry, um, and as we talked about, they can make you feel bitterness or regret. Um, so cognitive psychologists think that whether you feel bitterness or regret really depends on where you place the blame. So if you blame yourself, like you, Melissa, in the exam, you're more likely to feel regret. Something like, I should have studied more so that I wouldn't have failed that exam. On the other hand, if you blame others, you're more likely to feel bitter. Something like, that professor was way too harsh. It's his fault I failed the exam. So it's, it's kind of this feeling of, you know, unfairness, an unfair situation. Um, so, well, while some studies show that there is a link between self-blame and regret, the link between other blame and bitterness is actually pu- purely theoretical. So there's been no hard proof for it. Stella Dentakos is an undergraduate student doing her honors thesis in Concordia Psychology Department. Dentakos has taken up the brave and difficult task of coming up with evidence for the link between other blame and bitterness. 
My supervisor, Dr. Karsten Roche, um, has published a theoretical concept on this experience of bitterness, but this was just a theory. So when I started uh, my honors thesis this year, he proposed this as a potential project, and right away it clicked with me. I thought it made intuitive sense, and I was excited, so I decided to look into this and to provide some empirical support for this theory. So empirical support meant that Dentacos had to get people to blame themselves or others for a negative event in their life and then measure how much regret or bitterness they felt after. So this experimental manipulation really was not easy for Dentacos. It had the potential to change people's way of thinking and possibly trigger negative emotions. At first, I felt really bad because the first thing we ask all participants to do is write down the most severe thing that you've experienced in the last year. And you have no idea what they're going to write. It could be something like, I failed an exam, to something like, I got attacked or something terrible like that. So if you have someone, for example, that something terrible happened to them, like maybe a death in the family, then you're asking them to blame themselves. It was very hard. Um, But that's why we did take, for ethical reasons, we did add at the end of the um, experimental manipulation a positive life event, asking them about what good thing had happened to them in the past year, how they or others have contributed to that, and just to make sure no one leaves here with negative affect. So something else Dintecos did uh, was also give them participants' numbers they could call if they didn't feel emotionally well after the experiment, you know, just in case they Mm -hmm. really had some negative emotions. Um, And just to be clear on how this works, okay, so participants walk in, they're randomly assigned to get either the self-blame or other blame manipulation. They write down their most negative life event in the past year. If they're in the self-blame group, they're asked to think of three things they could have done differently to prevent it from happening. In the other blame group, they're asked to think of three things other people could have done differently to prevent it from happening. So before going into what Dentecos found in her experiment, I'll let her tell you a bit more about these two distinct feelings of regret and bitterness. For regret, the feelings that are usually umbrellaed under that um, emotion is more like sadness and despair and this idea of wanting to undo something that you, you've done. And bitterness is still a really new concept, but theoretically would be more like this feeling of um, injustice and anger and having been wronged to the point where there's actually uh, Michael Linden who's proposing um, an adjustment disorder, which he calls post-traumatic embitterment disorder, as opposed to post-traumatic stress disorder, where people who are unable to let go of these things that have made them bitter in their life, they just keep on reliving the situation and having the flashbacks, the same thing as we would find in PTSD, but I guess more on an emotional level. So Dentacos recently finished analyzing the data she collected from 78 Concordia students. She found that people who she successfully got to blame others for a negative life event showed higher levels of bitterness. The self-blame manipulation got people to feel regret. When it comes to very negative life events, like a death in the family, people wrote that there was nothing they or anyone else could have done. This actually made Dentacos feel better about the experiment. I mean, who would want anyone to blame themselves for a death in the family? The result shows that perhaps for some types of events, it's more difficult to manipulate someone's perception of it. During the debrief at the end of experiment, at the end of the experiment where she's required to tell participants what she did, Stella said she got a lot of feedback from them. Some of them were really like, oh, that was really tough and then it made me feel bad. But most of the time, regardless of, you know, what they wrote, I don't know, because you don't associate it with them, but what condition they were in or whatnot, 
they just seem to be like, oh, that was difficult, but that felt good. <laughs> like just writing about it and just being able to vent out those emotions did them some sense of good. One person who was telling me when she had read through the debriefing form that, you know, the manipulation she was in made her go in the other direction of the way she saw the situation. And she's like, it really opened my eyes to some stuff. I th- so even though she didn't look into this in her study, I asked her which she thought was better or perhaps the lesser of two evils, bitterness or regret. I think, um, you know, to protect our sense of self in the short term, it may be better to a certain extent to blame others instead of yourself because you, you you know, just ease yourself through the negative life event. And then, but after you can't just continuously blame other people, you may have to see how, you know, you may have been responsible in that too. So sometimes perception of an event can make all the difference when it comes to how the event makes someone feel. So maybe a more balanced way of thinking about the event can lead to healthier ways of coping with it. I think bitterness and regret may be, you know, the two extremes of the same continuum. Uh, You know, it may not be really good to be very, very regretful or very, very bitter. And probably in the middle, a balanced perspective would be best where something happens to you and you see like, I have this amount of responsibility in what happened and external factors or others have this amount of responsibility as well. So, you know, things are never really black and white. It's all kind of a shade of gray. So I think just having that approach would probably be best. So thanks for listening. Uh, Dentaco says she wants to thank everyone at the Personality Health and Aging Lab, especially her supervisor and the graduate student who helped her with her research. So thanks to Dentaco's, to Stella Dentaco's for uh, participating in today's uh, show. Interesting. That was really interesting stuff. Um, and I now think I'm one depressed. of the good ways, no, one of the good ways to express some of these problems is, is to express it and like to talk about it. And, you know, one major way to do it is to like create a radio show where, you know, everyone listens to your situations and then everyone listens. Wow. Just kind of like this show. <laughs> How'd you like that segue, guys? It's terrible. So we want to do a little reminiscing no, about currently Concordia because this is my last show. I'm moving on. Oh, I know. I know Montreal, but. I'm graduated. He's been fired, actually, been um, fired. but he doesn't want to talk That's about true. that. <laughs> Didn't come late to <laughs> late the off. show today. Didn't. No one did. Did they? Anyways, we want to reminisce about the good times of the show. And, and the bad one of, times? And the bad times. But one of the one of our, our favorite <laughs> our favorite times, the most unexpected times, and which actually got our science reporter. Her, on the radar. On the radar. And like her own segment, she's rocking with the magic school bus. The panda porn. Panda porn. Panda porn. I was unforgettable. Actually, yeah. Unforgettable. Do you want to like basically recap what happened to that panda porn segment? Well, I think basically <laughs> we were trying to. Uh, it was a serious. Very. Segment. It was very serious. Very actually, serious. it's just you know, panda porn was a way of showing that uh, that pornography can be educational. Um, mm-hmm. That was basically the point of the professor that the professor was making when I talked to him about this, and so he brought that up, up as an example, saying Ling Ling, this panda who uh, <laughs> remember Ling Ling? I do, I Ling do. Ling. That is a cute name, Ling Ling. Poor little intro. Ling Ling. He I couldn't have intro. intercourse. Oh, but yeah. he had to watch all that porn. He had to watch porn in order to understand what intercourse was, was and how to do it. it. And then he was rocking. Then right he on. had a kid. Ling Ling had a little Ling Ling number two. Really motivational. Really a motivational story. Yeah, it was, and I had to if you actually guys, intro that, and I wasn't tonight, ready. Get motivated it with Ling Ling, with Ling Ling porn yeah. or Ling Ling. No, just Ling Ling, just the story. Panda porn will motivate. You know, yeah, you can always you can always check our last few shows on uh, our podcasts. 
Um, you can't check the Ling Ling one anymore. It's only no. at the archive of mm-hmm. CJLO. Yeah, you I can know. come here and check it out. You can come. To, you should come to CJLO. Yeah. It's a really cool station. There's some really nice people. You get involved. You can volunteer. You can produce a show. You can be on a show like us. Yeah, and especially we're like looking me. for another Joel. Yeah, we are yeah. looking for another Joel. That is a good <laughs> I'm not point. replaceable. That's a good point. We are looking for another Joel. We are looking for a host. We are looking for a host. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't have to be male, right? It could be any, Con- it, it can be female. Currently Concordia. Yeah, I, I like I like the, the double female anchor situation. I mean it could happen. It did it on C B C back in the eighties. If you wanna if you wanna try to like knock me out of the seat, maybe it could be two guys here, but yeah. you're not gonna get me out of here. Yeah. So when so when should they come on down? Yeah. Maybe September? Send some demos. You should t- yeah, demos to um the email. The, do you want do you want to use the email or just tweet us say like okay you should send an email currently concordia gmail.com and then you should tweet us to tell us that we should check the email or if you know us just talk to us okay you can get hold of me on facebook melissa mulligan we're pretty social facebook. add me on facebook melissa mulligan i don't even know what my picture oh my pictures i think it's like a cjlo thing i don't even know hey, i know you, you'll find me are you guys uh are you guys also looking for another science reporter should are you uh, graduating I am graduating. Well, we also guys. need yeah. another science reporter. Yeah. Thank you, Luciana. Yeah, or yeah. if you have another cool, crazy segment that you want to bring to the show, are you always need another that. tromboner. Um, <laughs> another how did tromboner? you even get a mic? <laughs> get off the mic. <laughs> we are, also need another. Tromboner. I always need a tromboner. <laughs> Can I've got a fever, and the only cure is more trombone. <laughs> that didn't work when I said it out loud. Anyways, yeah. we have so presenting. We need some a lot of people next, next year. So come on down.